It's Wednesday, March 3rd. You're listening to the Tech Breakfast Podcast, the show that brings you delicious tech news headlines and all the gossipy hot takes you can handle with Tyler Gates, Russ Cantwell, and Aaron Bewley. How's it going, fellas? It's going. And by the way, Russ the way you back. spelled Gates would have sounded the same. Right. <laughs> yeah, it would have. With, with a little more check emphasis at the end of, of the name, perhaps. That was the second yeah, man, run on the good. intro. So. Yeah, yeah. First run on the intro died because Bewley was trying to spell Tyler's name at the same time as saying it, and it really threw him off. In the most glottal way possible, though, too. It was pretty glorious. You Russ is back, dude. Tell us, like, Russ what's is going back. on? Uh, well, first off, you two are brave, because um, I don't know how the video works and stuff, because the Rona maybe could come through the video. I'm, I'm not sure. have the Rona? Uh, I've got the Rona. Straight <laughs> up. Got that Rona. That Rona's in this house. So, like, you Just know. Blacked out. Just Abbott blacked is sitting out your there video. saying, like, hey, guys, Rona's not a problem anymore. Take off those masks and go to the bar. And I'm sitting <laughs> here thinking to myself, like, I don't think you want me to do that. Because uh, Apparently he does. Business is yeah. open, man. Texas is open. Pandemic's yeah, over here. Yeah. I'm so if nobody heard. <laughs> yeah. Our governor said uh, Texas is back open 100%. No masks required. No yeah, masks no required. required. Rona no, is no, no longer distancing a required. Businesses can be at 100% capacity, which means bars, like you said. Russ, you should go. Yeah. I am going to go because oh. it seems fine if I do. No, it's funny. I think there was a statement someone had made that he said that Texans have mastered the way of like doing all the right things to prevent the spread. And I thought to myself, like, I'm a proud Texan, but no. No, who I, said yeah. that? Not, not, <laughs> even, not even close. Or someone in the cabinet or something said something like that. I don't know. It was just, I read it and I thought to myself, hmm, I don't so, think so. We can't keep power up during <laughs> winter. Like, we we don't know how to do things correctly to stop We're going the back spread to the middle of a global ages. pandemic. It's yeah. just not a thing. Okay, we should get into uh, tech yeah, news. Wait. We only have like 19 minutes here. Oh, go ahead. That's true. Okay, no, never mind. I had, no, a, I had an anecdote about how good we are at this. Uh, the only place I go that makes me uncomfortable for a while from like a, a pandemic exposure perspective, because I'm in a really lucky position where I can be really careful. And, and that's how my wife and I have preferred to be this entire time is allergy shots because they require, uh, I'm going to put that in quotes require us to get the shot and then stick around wait in the lobby for about 20 minutes get checked and then they let you go uh there you know there's a risk of uh, an adverse reaction blah 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 yeah. anyways i just leave which they finally caught on to this last time i went and they called me and they were like you cannot you cannot do that like if you're gonna leave we need to give you transfer paperwork to go somewhere else and and, and i was just like ah i've been getting these shots for a year i've never had more Adverse of reaction than like uh, uh, maybe an oversized ant bite on my arm. Same for my daughter. But mm. I am not comfortable sitting in your lobby for half an hour with a bunch of other people I don't know. Like that is literally <laughs> the most dangerous thing I've done in months. And and they were like, nope, those are the rules. And so I and First I gave you don't example. have to worry about it anymore. Um, you can go mask free. Uh, clearly, uh, which is that's going to be gone. just great. Well, and, and so, so that like the, the example that I brought up when I was on the phone with, uh, I, I guess it would be the nurse or one of the administrators in the, in the allergy place was, you know, I, I walked in and I distance with my daughter. We wear masks. We minimize all contact, even with staff. Right. Um, I'm in there and, and there's this lady across the room, but she's just, she's chewing gum under her mask in like 
the most obnoxiously <laughs> wide mouth. Like I can't, I mean, I know it's on video, but it's like my, my teeth don't go that wide when I chew gum and I chew gum a lot. So like, I feel like I, I can say this from a position of authority and every <laughs> Every 30 seconds. Every 30 seconds. Oh, my God. We've gone too far. We are coming out every hot th- this morning. Every 30 seconds, her mask would just slide below her nose. And then her mask is like straight out of a, a, you know, a Muppet show. And then she's reading her phone and she just like, I don't know, five minutes later, she notices that she's been chomping obnoxiously with her mask below her nose. And okay, she sneezed once, and I'm like, I'm yeah. I'm out of here, so, man. I can't do this. On this, and we're moving. Uh, it, she is a clear <laughs> example that we have mastered everything that we need to do to destroy COVID nineteen. So uh, <sighs> she, she is the shining example. Yeah. Okay. Well, right, you know, on. you can't have All your right. mask fail Let's... to cover your nose if you don't wear a mask in the first place. So I'll That's give true. Abbott that. That is true. You can't definitely. screw up mask wearing if you just stop wearing masks. <laughs> we struggle well, with having talk... opinions on this show. It seems like. Hot takes, too. I want to talk about masks and their effect on net neutrality. Okay. Do you want to do Uh, uh, tech history first? Do we have it? Yeah. Well, there's something from yesterday. Okay. What do we got? Yesterday, March 2nd, 1997. Uh, Bill Gates admits the Netscape lockout. I don't know if y'all remember this. We were in middle school at the time. During a hearing on Microsoft's alleged antitrust activities, Bill (gasps) Gates admits Microsoft contracts bar internet content providers from promoting Netscape's browser. Eventually, Internet Explorer dominates the web browser market as it is shipped for free with every copy of Windows. And it's a perfect example of go ahead and do that because the fines and 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 garbage that he got for doing it after dominating the browser industry for like a decade or two is worth every penny. Yep. Like do what you need to do, drag out the court cases, definitely don't comply with laws and regulations because you will make so much money that it doesn't matter. And so they do it. Yeah. All right. You know what's what amazing saying- to me is like you know people use the the default whatever on any platform that they use like defaults always win yeah yeah yeah. but somehow and, and we know this <laughs> after a decade uh after a decade the the browser for internet explorer ended up losing not once but twice like it lost to mozilla <laughs> and it lost to google did it lost to chrome <laughs> it's, just, yep. it's just incredible that that ended up happening so the one time in human history that the default thing that we didn't want to use anymore was the browser that we'd already used for 10 years like it's just amazing to me that, that was the one thing that people were like you know what no i think i'm going to try this other thing i don't yeah. know how it happened but good for you which, mozilla and google which is they funny were, because they on I've, speed i think that was their thing Speed. Oh, for sure, but but it it's still pretty impressive that Mozilla That's and cool. Chrome were able to overtake the average user on on something like that. Like my mother clicking through to a different browser would have taken me intervening if if right. IE was still yeah. the default. She'd probably still be using like what what speed That's in a true. browser? Like what does that even mean? Right. That's a good point. So, so it's impressive. So many things are successful just because they have the default, and people are lazy. yeah. I, what's I'm, what's I'm, amazing is that Microsoft became so unsuccessful at trying to b- take back the position that they made right. a new they browser, like, okay, and cool. then they redid another one under the Chromium architecture. So, like, they're leveraging oh, Chromium for it, which is actually, from what I'm told, very good on a, the resource consumption space, which Chrome is terrible at. 
So, uh, so good Tell for them, but it. I don't think they're taking over anytime soon. So yeah, uh, good times. Anyways, net neutrality and yeah, uh, hit me with it. Masks. Yeah. Uh, it actually has nothing to do with masks, but uh, that seems to be the topic du jour of the day. So the New York Times, I think you guys have probably heard of them. Um, they're the the big clock in New York. And uh, they falsely stated that uh, basically that net neutrality is pointless and doesn't matter anymore. Oh, burn them to the uh, ground. Yeah. Can we, let's do that cancel culture thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. They're trying to do it to Eminem, and it's not working because you can't cancel Eminem. <laughs> so let's just go ahead and re repoint our efforts at the New York Times. And this this poor writer, she just doesn't get it. I mean, candidly, like she, oh, she really man. doesn't yeah. understand it. What What's amazing to me is not really that she wrote it. It's more that like her editors looked at it and are like, no, 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 this seems fine. Like everything about this is going to be okay. And so basically, the idea is that the the way she wrote it, that this top headline, or not headline, but kind of excerpt from, from her article said, the debate feels much less urgent now that we're talking about threats of online disinformation about vaccine deployment and elections. The net neutrality debate focused on internet service providers as powerful gatekeepers of internet information. That term now seems better applied to Facebook, Google, and Amazon. I could not imagine missing the mark more what? than thinking Man. that this Those problem of internet service providers and net neutrality They're, gifted to Google, Facebook, and Amazon as being the problem here. It, like, it's not the same really, thing. Yeah, I, I think I get, apples and I, I get the thread that the author was trying to pull there. I do, but you're, you're so spot on that she's missing the point. Uh, I thought you said she, I didn't read it, so I don't know who it was. Yeah, but, um, it's, a, it's a she. Can, can uh, I no, remind like, people just, what net no. neutrality is real quick? <laughs> No. Certainly. Okay. Network neutrality, most commonly called net neutrality. It's the principle that internet service providers, which is it's the companies that not Facebook connect you to the internet. Yeah, exactly. They must <laughs> treat all internet Comcast. communications equally and not discriminate or charge differently based on user, content, website, platform, application, type of equipment, source address, destination address, et cetera. We've talked about it a little bit on the podcast before. You can go back and listen to those, but yeah, go ahead. What were you saying? Tom? Yeah. So, if, so think, think of this as the yeah. idea that Netflix potentially couldn't exist because they could have charged Netflix in the early days, crazy amounts of money because they saw an opportunity. Hey, Netflix had this great idea. We're AT&T. Why don't we charge them a thousand times more to use the internet in order to run their service and we'll create one ourselves? That's the type of thing that we're yeah. worried about is, is the ability for people to actually create content on the internet and distribute it for the same cost as any other big person in the world. Now, you know, you can argue about Google and Facebook controlling distribution of information just in general, because so many people get their information that way, but it doesn't do anything for the way the costs of these things are done and the ability to price out smaller people well, from playing in this space. And I would take that even further and say that if you trash net neutrality, you run the risk of exasper exacerbating the problem that exists in the social media platforms and the way that information you know spreads. Mm -hmm. Because you could you basically throw the ability for an ISP to single out providers that they arbitrarily or more likely not so arbitrarily and financially would like to promote. So their default provider, the one that moves the fastest, that gets the most news, gets the most clicks, and is delivered the easiest and cheapest to you, ends up being Parler or just Pinterest over Google Images or you, know, like you name it, they could actually end up contributing to the 
bad side of the other the other coin, right? Um, I it's yeah, they're not the they're not the same problem. Yeah, yeah, and you know what's amazing is, and, and let me tell you how this is not the same problem. The the evidence is actually us, in the telecom's own defense, and so TechDirt did an article <laughs> on on this whole thing, right? Just, just there, they kind of got this thing spewed up, and as you can imagine, the heroes of Reddit, as we all know that they are, based on recent events, have been combing <laughs> through it uh, with extreme detail. And so, one ev- excerpt from TechDirt says, "The idea that big tech." big tech is the root of all of our problems and that big telecom is not worth worrying about is a message that AT&T and Comcast have been sending out for the better part of the last several years. So like, don't, don't, feed into what they are telling you. Like, guys, don't worry about it. We're fine. You should worry about Facebook because we're really not the problem here. Didn't you see that documentary on Netflix about that thing that we charged Netflix $10 million to allow you to watch? Like, that's yeah. that's the type of stuff that, that people need to recognize. So it's it, they're really, really skewing the ideas of net neutrality here and yeah. the effects that it will have on the market. If you want to scrap net neutrality just for fun to start the conversation, because I don't think actually under any circumstance we should allow that to happen. But I, I think that a table stakes argument should be that ISPs cannot vertically integrate and compete with the people that are using their lines. Well, I yeah. still think that creates problems, but I guarantee you they're going to change their tune a little bit when they're not allowed to be content providers too. You know, it's uh, someone had brought something up here. Uh, this is one of the heroes of Reddit. Uh, that that was explaining how it's been handled in other areas of the world. Uh, And so this is net neutrality exists in a lot of other places, just not in the US because we're often backwards with the way things should work. And uh, one thing that was interesting that I've never thought about as far as necessarily a major problem, I'm just so used to it, I think, is the idea of up to speeds Right, so up to a gigabit or up yeah. to oh yeah whatever, yeah. and in some cases I've Which heard stories paper, of people, you get. yeah, people saying like, well, you're getting ten megs of your of your gig, so that's up to. I mean, it's fine. That's within <laughs> our realm of error, and apparently in some other countries or maybe in the entire EU, they banned the ability to do that, and they require that's speeds great. to be within a set percentage of yeah. that. Oh, that's an idea. like oh, I don't know. Imagine like SLAs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So I like, I like the idea not of something like Does that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, no, it's it only works, you know, 20% of the time and usually at 50% of the speed, but that is up to our standards. So it's you know not a problem at all. So I better I like yet, it just starts serving a 404 image from the ISP, which is technically <laughs> data being transmitted and therefore counts as up to something. All right. <laughs> Let's keep it moving here. We're we're uh, we're chewing up our clock here. Um Russ, whenever you mentioned the, uh, the the heroes of Reddit, reminded me. I, I was jumping on there. I saw somebody talking about the Wall Street bets stuff and how DFV appeared in some super prestigious Hero. like Switzerland paper or something <laughs> like that, and they were celebrating it. But well, somebody was celebrating, it, but it was like, what is the relevance of newspapers here? I mean, I'm not trying to be rude, but. Oh, you know what I mean? Ooh. Well, there's a historical. Like, does it lost two does listeners? <laughs> no, I just. You, we it, definitely just have weird. one or two listeners that listen to this show and read the newspaper. And read the newspaper. You offended. Yeah. Him. Like my dad. <sighs> Aaron dad. apologizes, dad. No. He doesn't, actually. He Wait still, a minute. Is this a. Look on his face says he's not sorry. Newspaper? No, <gasps> it was a picture of a printed. No, it was printed newspaper. Well, then that thing is history. Like that, it, he is a part of history now. 
being in one but of that's, the But that's exactly my point. Like, what <laughs> But if they had a tokenized between... online blog, wouldn't it also be historically <laughs> relevant? Russ, I know you missed last uh, last right. conversation, but I don't think that there's a dis- distinct a distinguishability between uh, uh, printed news and tokenized blogs anymore. Listen, I I, I, I don't know of any tokenized myself blogs, here <laughs> because I I want to make sure that this is relevant in general because who here buys like physical magazines anymore? Almost no so, one, but they're still super important. And the what? reason for that is, is because I was in one recently and I got, okay. a, I got <laughs> yeah. See, there it is. There so it, is. so right, it still has to be important. I've got some new drone laws for y'all. I think some of our Ooh. listeners probably fly some drones. Well, are you following Good chances there? You, you fly a drone. Yeah, yeah, I do. And I'm trying to figure out how I feel about this. Um, so there was a there was a proposal by the FAA, um, which is the it's a U.S. regulation authority for for flight. Um, they promote proposed something called remote ID in 2019. Got lots of uh, pushback from the drone community. Initially, as it was initially proposed, they required the drones to maintain an internet connection, which try to imagine that. Mm. It makes great for your battery. (laughs) Yeah, great for your battery. Um, Now you have monthly fees because you've got some sort of internet connected device from that perspective, right? And then also, how do you fly in remote locations without access to cell phone towers or anything like that? Lots of challenges. So they got a ton of feedback. They listened. Um, so here's the new stuff that's coming out. So the requirements now, the drone will have to broadcast its serial number during flight. This will also include information on the location of the drone, its altitude, speed, and direction of flight. Fine, sure. It's basically like a um, like a license plate for the drone. In addition, it also has to broadcast the takeoff location or the controller's location, like the controller's GPS location. Ooh, that's as part cool. of this message. Yeah. And the way it'll be done is it'll be broadcast either Wi-Fi or Bluetooth. And then anybody that's on the ground with an app, they can scan the area. To is that see an instantaneous location? Like at takeoff, this is where, you, well, I guess if it's takeoff, the answer yeah. is yes, because that yeah. would be where you took off from. But if it's the controller's location, then it would need to be at takeoff because you could that would launch constantly drone, be, hop in a car. No, it move. would constantly know. The, the, the so it's a link. Know yeah, the drones know. Well, I guess where the it's always is. communicating to yeah. your controller. That's kind of important. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. So you, if you have an app, uh, you can you can see you know if there's a drone flying over your head, you can see whose it is. Uh, so the FA, well, you can see where the. So there's some problems that I can foresee coming from this because you can't actually see the name tied to it. That's reserved for the FAA, for law enforcement, other federal agencies. They they're the only ones that have the ability to cross reference the license plate number and the pilot's personal information, but you still have the precise GPS location of the person flying the drone over your house. So you could just walk to your neighbor's house. You know what I mean? <laughs> or whatever. Anyway, um, there's, more, there's more on this, but that's the, that's the main thing. I was curious there's what y'all think about that. What is the purpose of this? Like, what are, what are they trying to yeah. gain? So they say... I think it's to prevent stuff like the guy who shut down Heathrow with a drone, you know, two or three years ago right so there's the people people can do nefarious or or goofy but destructive things with drones and and people cross lines so they're trying to get ahead of everyone having a drone and being able to cross lines willy-nilly and making it difficult for for any kind of you know investigation to result in fines. yeah they want to go after bad actors (laughs) and then also 
knowing this, if you know that your location is being broadcast and all this kind of stuff, it's going to proactively prevent, right? It's like having, having a law watching eyes something. on the wall. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, I feel like this is extremely the other, spoofable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's people are going to get of, around it. There's all kinds the, of the worst here. of the actors the, aren't going to have problems here. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> that's a that's a great way of saying that. But the the article is titled as uh, or the subtitle here is part of the purpose of the law is to allow for more complex operations in the future. So that's the way they're spinning cool. it. Right? Well, so but if that we makes can sense get some because, of these things in place, then we can have yeah. more complex things where you've got grocery, you know, delivery and you've got, you know, taxi services in the air sure. and you've got all this kind of stuff and it makes people more comfortable with the concept if there's a license plate attached to these things and they're not just yeah. like randomly flying and the average user can look at um there there's a there's a flight map for airplanes right that, that uses your, the camera on your phone you can just point your camera at the plane flying overhead sure. and it'll tell you everything about that flight where it departed from how many people are on board where it's landing all this yep. kind of stuff what kind of plane and, and it I, is the same thing will happen I think stuff from a remote like drone perspective Stuff like that's going to be really important when you get to all of those potential, you know, ancillary services that drones could be doing as opposed to just kids flying them in the park or adults, whatever, anyone. But um, I, I'm always reticent to hand over decision making to our lawmakers and regulatory bodies when it comes to stuff like this, because oh, I have so little faith in their ability <laughs> to foresee what is going to be good versus catastrophic for a future implementation. And I, this, that might be totally unfair in this case. I don't know the FAA that well. I don't know any other groups that are involved in this, but I just find it hard to believe they're going to screw it up. Yeah. Yeah. Masks. Yeah. Well, dude, <laughs> so, I mean, you can t- look at their initial take on it where they wanted every single one of them connected to the internet and uploading like this whole list of information, I didn't even get into that. They wanted an excessive amount of information uploaded to of the public cloud. Live, yeah. real time, the whole time that you're flying. Which is just absurd. But that's, I mean, I'm glad that they that's pulled back from that. Like, I guess yeah. you should give them some credit that what they got down to was a little more reasonable. And, and maybe let's, again, let's give they them a little 50, more credit. 000, let's, they received more than 50,000 <laughs> complaints on their proposed new laws. If I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt, then I'm going to make the assumption that when they first thought about this, they were hyper concerned about the sort of industrial use of drones for all the things. And they weren't thinking about people that were just doing it for fun. And so when you put those kinds of requirements on Amazon to deliver packages, what's a constant internet connection and streaming of data? Arguably nothing. Sure. I mean, it's not nothing, but but a hobbyist you know, compared yeah. compared to then, you, but a hobbyist. Yeah. So maybe they should just classify them differently. Are you a hobbyist? Okay. Here are the rules for hobbyists. And then here are the rules for taxis. Yeah. So they do actually, there are, I don't want to waste all of our time. I think we're, but you, y'all can go get into it. There's part 107 license there. They separate it between the weight of uh, the drone as well under and over 250 yeah, okay. grams. That makes you sense. have category one, category two, you can go look into all those things, but in general, yes, everybody that, like if you've got a DJI, you know, drone, whatever it is, anything like that, you're going to be broadcasting your remote ID license plate. And well, this I can is, tell uh, you where Dubai's... we can continue this conversation. Huh? We can continue this conversation on okay. Twitter Spaces because Ooh. because us second-rate citizens on Android are now allowed to. Oh, really? It. Yeah, <laughs> I think exciting. Twitter was. Do you guys have Twitter on your phones? 
Do I they think, allow Android to access Twitter? We got we got it last year, so that was super exciting. <laughs> yes. The um, <laughs> the thing here that I I'm just sitting here imagining Twitter. You know, they're they're sitting in their virtual uh, VR room that is provided by V Spatial, and they're thinking to themselves, nice. you know, what should we do here? Like, what would be the most addressable market we could do after we've done the iPhone and iOS? And they said to themselves, they're like, oh, what if we did the one that is dramatically larger in user base? <laughs> And I knew there's the coming. most popular OS that has ever existed and do Android. Like it has no. a lot of the same features. Actually, as iOS. Actually a lot of the words you just used are scary, Russ. Ooh. If if we if we address Apple, it's like a, a private beta, basically, even at oh, scale, because who uses true. that? Yeah, and the, and, the, and the Apple users won't recognize whenever things go wrong because they won't that's recognize true. the bug, so they won't get yelled at as much. They'll think it's a feature and they'll pay and, extra for it. And they won't get that much feedback either. Okay, we're just going to fight and the they shade. And might, they okay. might just pay Throw for it arrows. out the gate. Throw your arrows. We'll fight the shade. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, no, but it is funny, dude. Bewley's Clubhouse, or not Clubhouse, but Spaces, and yeah. it shot me a super mean message that said, you are a pleb. You cannot join. But now, you are a pleb. Uh, it's going to let us join. So, that's awesome. When is that? Like now? I think now. It says okay. Twitter users on Android can now join the platform's Clubhouse like spaces. Okay. And Clubhouse That's is neat. still just Apple iOS. Oh, well, maybe they'll jump in vSpatial too and be like, guys, is there a bigger platform than iOS? Of course there's not. Wait a minute. Hold on. I just saw on Google that there always has been. And let's use that one. Got Hate it. it. Stupid. Tell me how you. Uh, Dang. You guys got to go. No? Nope, I don't. My hard stop oh. got unstopped, so I, I do. do not need to go. But do My you need to go, Mr. Stopping. Oh, bummer. Okay. It's so good, good to have you here. on again. Yeah, I'm here. I'm back. I still got the Rona. Yes. Still coughing. But, uh, that's you that's know, why I blacked out your video. At some point. Yeah, that's good. You. That's safer. <laughs> smart. Hey, keep <laughs> that facial hair going, dude. It looks good, man. I trimmed it up a little bit to make it all more even, you know? Yeah. I got one of those fancy razors that you can adjust. Like numbers and stuff. Yeah. Wow. They have numbers. A lot has happened in the Holy. month that I've been sick, and uh, yeah, that's one of the light. things. So cool. All right. Well, I'll catch y'all later. See y'all Friday. Peace. Later. Okay. Don't everyone else leave the show. Hang with us here. Got a few more things we want to cover. Yeah. Let's uh, let's let's make a, a hard shift here. Um, I okay. I saw one article about Parlor's suit against. Amazon Web Services for basically kicking them out when things went sideways. How's that? And uh, they they dropped it, Who so dropped they are no longer parlor. Parlor dropped the case, yeah. uh, which huh. which I think effectively is the final death toll for them. Because well, I mean, yeah. I think they're being hosted somewhere else now, but very clearly they're not going to come back to Amazon, which likely means that they're going to fade into did they obscurity. did they drop it because they found another way to go about their business or did they drop it because they didn't have any like traction yeah that's it's a good on. question um i i don't know that we get into it that much um but i think because they're back online they're they're less likely to spend the probably inordinate sum of money to fight Amazon on this one, especially because they basically have blanket statements in their user agreements that say we can kind of cut you off for no reason. Um, so well, what's been I your think experience? It's, I think it's parlor. the former. 
Have you have you maintained your account the whole time? (laughs) (laughs) My experience has been an outside observer. No, uh, it's actually it's funny that you bring that up, right? Um, I I really had no reason to go to Parlor. I didn't know about it until it crept up in the news in in the way that it did, which was rather catastrophic in their failure to protect user data and stay relevant. It like exploded on the scene and then it exploded on the scene. You know, right? So it. (laughs) What what was interesting, or another interesting thing, and uh, related news is that um, I I also did not know about a site called Gab, which was a very similar sort of island, if you will, for people that thought certain types of speech were free speech, whether they were or not, um, or at least that's sort of how it was uh, docketed. Gab did not get the attention that Parler got, primarily, I think, because they didn't have a catastrophic breach of data, <laughs> but Parler was under fire before the worst of that happened as well. Well, Gab did recently have a catastrophic breach of data and the uh, the the distributed denial of the secrets, Dido secrets, um, which is a WikiLeaks-like organization, I guess, okay. uh, kind of like a... Um, online activist whistleblower sort Where of are you group. taking us i'm getting confused they they uh were able to grab 70 gigs of basically plain text post effectively all of gab's information usernames private messages oh, wow. passwords even though they're hashed which 70 gigs if, if of you plain have text all of them, is, a, is a lot of messages. Is, is a boatload right so basically they got it all yeah, um, every so, so they, they have every <laughs> private message, every public post, everything, including again, usernames and hashed passwords, um, including, uh, Donald Trump's username as well. And, and they have provided that Did data join? to research. What? Apparently was he was he on, on gab. gab. Yes. Yes. Uh, I, never even I, heard I, of gab. I, I only heard of it. Because it was referenced a few times when Parler was dying as a potential alternative, and uh, it, it had, I guess, what? similar value propositions. Which they, is they write about themselves as an American alt tech social networking service, right? Known for its far right user base. I've never heard the term alt tech. I uh, you just just did widely. I, I know I, I hadn't before, but <laughs> widely described as a haven for extremists, including neo Nazis, white supremacists, white nationalists. What? Which is how Parler was criticized as well. And uh, let's let's not get too caught up in the fact that our former president was even in a bucket that includes those descriptors. But uh, apparently now anything he wrote publicly or privately is uh, in researchers' hands. So that's going to be interesting, I'm sure. So Gab had 3.4 million users as of last month. Wow. I wonder how many of those are actual U.S. users and how many were bots and other things. I wonder if we'll ever find uh, out. No. Yeah. Good question. It's available only in English. It's headquartered in Pennsylvania. Hmm. Um, yeah. Trying to find more information on this. Yeah. Interesting. Weird. Yeah. Don't go online saying things that you don't think um, anyone will find. Right? Yeah. And um, expect hate anything speech isn't you... protected anywhere. So yeah. 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 I'll, if you wouldn't, yeah. if you wouldn't scream it in a coffee shop, you probably shouldn't write it on the internet. Right. Yeah. Or as I was told, the same same sort of thing. But having it being published on the front page of the newspaper. But we established earlier in the call that newspapers don't exist really anymore. So. <laughs> tokenized blogs. I'm telling you, it's the future. Uh, tokenized. Where's blogs. MC Hammer? Anything that you <laughs> don't want published on a tokenized blog, 
don't put on the internet <laughs> period even if it's like a slack direct message or something you know what i mean like come on y'all like mm-hmm. dang and stop being so mean true. quit being mean to people yeah is it that hard is it really that hard apparently okay. it is uh All three right. million users and and i mean i personally i don't know i i keep coming back to this uh this year which is i i grew up with did you i, I don't feel really? like my my parents telling me this well i mean a little <laughs> bit physically um but, but I remember sure. this this general sentiment that you you have to be careful about who you associate with, right? And and I I specifically recall it being like middle school, high school timeline for me, and sort of the craze around Jinko jeans and baggy hooded ho- hoodies, you know, and and kids walking around with overhead, and it, parsing out some of the social garbage that's tied up in that right because I, I think there were there were cultural norms that were being thrown under the bus saying that of like see jinko gene wearers are social garbage is that what you said no 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 i'm okay, saying i'm saying sure. that that the specific clothing because that's what this was about that it seemed that we because you were in this bucket too being a white middle class male in where we grew up plano we were being told like don't walk into a convenience store wearing Vans tennis shoes that have Sharpie on them, Jinko jeans and a hoodie, or you will be associated with those druggy kids that steal stuff. That I remember this sentiment yeah. all no the one, time. No one told me that, shoved. but yeah, I understood that. I, I, I understood. No one, no one, no one quoted it, but but yeah. the, the phrase I remember, and I wish I could figure out like which one of those school organizations, like a stop or something that kind of, started this sentiment or if it was just coming from school administration and stuff like yeah sure it probably was but um but but there was this sentiment it's like don't don't associate yourself with groups and and they're usually talking about visually in this case right that's why there was this focus on the clothing you wore um be careful who you associate with which was always the commentary right and and all i can think about when i see a description of an alt tech and i've got question marks in my eyes right now right um where why would you associate yourself with that group the top google results are literally going to say haven for alt-right you know yeah uh, white supremacists white supremacists like yeah you know i i disagree with the idea that wearing jinko should ever have you associated with something but do you want any of those labels right or are you so confident that the things you are saying or the things that you are being led to believe you need, are not like those things yeah. and that someone or something or this grand system is just working against you to say, like, give you that label, you know, antagonistically? I don't. It's just weird. I, it makes yeah. my skin crawl a little bit because I don't know what the right answer is there. Like, should it be that easy to just label something? white supremacists and people should avoid it after it's labeled or, or is it actually labeled appropriately? And I feel like 3 million people shouldn't flock to it. Like, ah, yeah, it's weird. It just kind of makes me feel dirty. And even to that point, like, I don't even like, didn't know what gab was. I'd never even like went to parlor, like downloaded the app or anything. Didn't even touch it. Right. Sort of kind of, cause what you were just saying from an association perspective, like it, it, whatever. Anyway, 
Anyway, yeah, um, I, I don't know. Do you know. want to talk it's about just... right to repair laws in EU, or do you want to talk yes. about the first space hotel? Or Whoa, what do you want to talk cool. About I don't know about space hotels. I have other which, space Which one news. of those you want to do? Uh, let's go with the space hotel first. Yeah, so world's first space hotel to begin construction in low Earth orbit in 2025, complete with restaurants, cinemas, which what? why in the world would you go to space to watch a movie? Why would you Come not? On. Are you kidding? In space, like the movie is, is wait, the stars is it, and the is, planet. And... Is it an AMC theater? Because that makes sense. <laughs> Diamond hands. Now I get the stock. <laughs> I like it. All right. So uh, cinemas and rooms for up to 400 guests. Wow. Is it yeah. going to have a space elevator? I want so it to have, have a space elevator. No, it won't have a space elevator. Dang it'll it. have, it'll, there'll be an inner spinning wheel. It's like, so cool. Is Individual this pods microgravity to... fake thingies? Or is that the point? So, so you, if you want to get up there, it's not an elevator. You launch up in a pod and then it That's attaches cool. to the outer edges of the spinning wheel. Oh, yeah. Uh, what? <laughs> like yeah. a ferris wheel like a, like a no, space like ferris docks. wheel yeah well that it creates gravity right that's I don't know, what i said is it, is it spinning to create so, uh, the, oh, the sense that? of gravity yeah is it yeah. A, is it a it, i assume it's a microgravity like correct because what's the point of going to space if you're not going to be in a microgravity environment but you can go to the center of Boom. the wheel where there is no microgravity being there's no gravity being created from the spin well, it's, okay so yeah. it's not gravity it, it is a force that feels like gravity in that case because yeah can't distinguish the acceleration. Thanks, Einstein. And guess what? So far, there have been no details of what it will cost to build or stay in. Of course, because it's like five years from now. So My I goodness. totally believe that it's going to be real if we don't know how much it's going to cost to build it. <laughs> That's how that it's, works. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It looks pretty cool, though, man. Some of the, uh, cool. the renditions look pretty crazy. Yeah, that, I, that in, feels like super exciting but absolutely futurology, right? Like this yeah. is uh, in, in 50 years, we're going to look back and be like, ah, that was a bad idea. We're silly. Those mock-ups are neat though. And then it's going to be like a Motel 6 in space and it's only going to be good for, I don't know, junkers or something. I mean, it looks... <laughs> space pirates <laughs> is what one I'm of getting the photos. <laughs> like it looks totally normal, except for out the windows, you're seeing the edge of the atmosphere. Like you're seeing... <laughs> it's Earth, awesome. Right? Yeah. But then the this photo I just got to is people playing basketball in microgravity and they're floating like <laughs> 40 feet in the air to dunk a basketball. Uh, well, whatever they do, oh, they need they funny. need a room that's basically laser tag and it, that's built on the concept of uh, Ender's Game. And then I'm in. Because oh. that sounds like a cool game. Oh, this is actually so. There's a video here showing how it's being, how it could be built. This is this is pretty cool. I'll go. I'll tweet this out on the uh, on the thing. The interwebs on the interwebs on the not Gabber Parlor, but on Twitter. Not alt tech, tech. Jeez. Just tech. Yeah. Put it on the tech. tech. Gosh, that's tech. very confusing. All right, let's uh, move to right to repair loss. Yeah. Yeah. Well, wait. No, because I got another or space what? one. Apparently, oh, okay. um, in the, in a similar vein, the uh, a Japanese billionaire um, is looking for a few friends from around the globe to uh, make his inaugural SpaceX trip as a uh, a commercial cosmonaut. Um, so the uh, the individual, I guess, owns the largest online fashion retailer in Japan, and um, he he actually set up like a registration site 
to make your case to be one of his what sounds like nine to 11 friends that are going to go up into uh, into space with him. And his uh, it sounded like I, I skimmed like the article, but it sounds like what he's looking for are artists. And he came back and revised what he meant by artists to include all creators. So I think the Tech Breakfast podcast should apply. Um, <laughs> Sold. But, uh, but all have- creators... Sorry, no, no, no. I, I think he, he actually wants to take it. And his, his goal is to get all of these artists from a, a large group, a, a disparate group of uh, diverse backgrounds to go into space on this trip with him and then come back and create art in their way based on the experience. So he's trying, to, he's trying to create something from it. it's actually pretty cool. Dude, that is awesome. Sign us yeah. up. I, yeah, I'm done. I'm, I'm doing it. Uh, yeah, I'm down because we'll come back and talk about the experience. Exactly. That's crazy. See, now I feel bad because I was going to make fun of him in sort of no. like a, gosh, I was going to connect it to, there was some, oh, what is that movie? Like Richie Rich or something where the dude has to like, I can't even remember if that was part of the storyline, but he's like so rich and he doesn't have friends, but he has to like throw a party to get people to hang out with him, but he's all alone. Anyway, whatever. It's kind of a lonely at the top sort of a thing. Where he's oh yeah I know what you're with no about. friends and he wants to get uh, he's trying to get friends to go to space with or something I I feel terrible now because I was going to make a joke about that not that I actually assume that's what it was well he he didn't do himself very many favors uh, about uh, that you know people making jokes because apparently after he was announced as the first person that was going to be you know going to the moon from uh, SpaceX's perspective. He created basically the online search for a girlfriend, for lack of a better way of saying it. And uh, he was going to have a TV show built around it and everything. And it, it just kind of died in the fire. Oh, um, I see it's that here. generally recognized as being a bad idea and not a great look. So I don't know that you're entirely wrong with your criticism, but I do he, think it's super cool what he's actually trying to yeah. do now. Um, so we'll, for, cool. we'll forgive him his missteps. <laughs> Launched a bizarre campaign to search for a, quote, female partner who would accompany him on his trip around the moon. A website for the yep. contest received 27,722 applications. <laughs> and Japanese streaming service, Abima TV, was set to document the mission in a reality TV show called Full Moon Lovers. Weeks later, it was canceled. For personal Shocker. reasons personal yeah <laughs> what is As going on with people, people started making fun of him online i don't know i i mean shoot we probably just got uninvited to the moon but hey i'd say we had a pretty slim chance to begin with <laughs> oh, i mean well, tbp to the moon creator. yeah okay yeah take me take me to the moon let's do it let's do it that's interesting though it is i i think it's cool i think the the, the concept of what he's trying to do now is actually really really neat and it I is. do like the idea of taking a diverse set of artists up to the moon on a that is commercial a cool flight, concept. having them come back and generate uh, what I imagine ends up being a lot of mixed media awesomeness from it. So cool. Yeah, very cool. I'm imagining like interpretive dance, podcast. Definitely podcasts. Painting, clearly. Streamer. Um, some sort of like streamer. vlogger sort of thing. To like vlogging, really? You're gonna have a vlogger and a podcaster. Well, yeah, it's gonna be different. Documenting the whole thing. We're gonna come back and talk about it. That's whereas the vlogger is going to capture the moments. Maybe no. Are you kidding? We'd be doing that. We'd be streaming the whole time. We podcast our whole trip. You're right. (laughs) All right, let's move on. Let's move. (laughs) You got any other space stuff? Uh, nope. Don't think so. Okay. 
um, right to repair laws. Do it. Yes. EU. So I have been following this one a little bit. Um, I haven't read it in great detail, but uh, I I have mentioned on the show numerous times that I love right to repair yeah. legislation regulation because. I think that the trash that we are producing is a very big problem. Right. Um, and I don't think that problem gets solved by burning consumers by not including headsets so much as not <laughs> incenting them to replace entire devices. Looking annually. at you, Apple. Looking oh, what? No, Apple. no. I was meant that generically. Sure. Yeah. Definitely okay. not just Apple and their completely bogus claims about not producing more trash. Definitely okay. Uh, so yeah, some of the the headline here: New EU right to repair law requires technology to last for a decade. Oh yeah. Which had me like, huh? Okay, okay. Because uh, that's not really how things are designed today. Um, not at device, all. Yeah, not in the least. But, but your phone would be easily ticking along within reason, right? You personally may want yours to go faster sooner, but if it had a replaceable battery and you could easily replace. The, the camera. 800 pieces of glass that yeah. they put into it so that it could shatter <laughs> in your pocket. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, so they're, they're either going to make devices way more durable or they're going to make them more repairable, which is the point. There are parts, yeah. components that fail. And right now, if or your upgradable. camera cover fails, then you trash the phone. Yeah. And that sucks. Yep. So new devices will also have to come with repair manuals. Right, and be made in such a way that they can be dismantled using conventional tools. Yeah, so I there are downsides to this, right? And and I'm I'm hoping that when they use the words like conventional tools, there's um, I mean, screwdriver it's intentionally and vague. Well, that no, but I'm saying I, I hope it it's intentionally a large vague. Head and a hammer, <laughs> because because technically, like uh, the sponger, right, could be considered right. a a conventional tool at this yeah. point, and. And so prying apart a little bit of glue is not a problem, but what, what could be an issue there and probably will be an issue is that you can't make modern cell phones as an example, as thin as you do today, if you have to use a screw everywhere to keep it together. Mm -hmm. And so we will lose out on some arguably nice advancements in cell phone production if they're forced to use a certain set of what's considered uh, conventional. But my hope is that it's intentionally vague and it turns into creative ways to still maintain the lightest and thinnest devices, but they are more durable and more repairable, which I am sure is the intent. We'll just see how successful it is. Yeah. And there was an aspect of it too um, that I saw somebody say laws in the a step in the right direction, but right now, apparently it only applies to four kinds of appliances, dishwashers, oh, fridges, washing machines, washing machines. machines. Did I say machines? I was trying to say yeah. TVs. Get already. I, I, do I need a washing machine? I don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more. Uh, it's a, this is, we're falling <laughs> apart here. Washing machines. And I was trying to say TVs, but displays really um, is kind of where so it's do, at for right do now. Do smartphones count as displays? That's immediately where, where I went in my head. It, you have to argue that a TV is is different from the traditional def, definition of a screen that doesn't move around anymore. But it's well, now. But your, if they call it monitor. a display, 
then they're intentionally vague to include exactly. more than your television because that's now your desktop monitors monitor. It's now the your, Amazon your Echo retina show. display isn't a display now. Don't give yeah. me that. No, I'm saying it is. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. So. All right, sorry, I just had to take another jab at Apple. Seems no, you're like fine. A, I mean, the I like a theme today. Yeah, the the iPad would count, right? Yeah. No. Well, so that's really interesting, and I I would say, uh, while I'm excited about washing machines and stuff like that it's uh (laughs) i don't think that that is nearly as important as uh smartphones and tablets because i i don't think washing machines are responsible for nearly as much of the waste that is produced from consumer electronics right I was drinking uh, some fact, water there, and had you said washing machines a third time, I would have spit water all over my my electronics. I, I saw you take a sip. I should have done it. I thought about it. And then, I don't know. Apparently, the good voice in my head steered me away. Um, yeah, no. If if it doesn't apply to consumer electronics, and I'm I'm talking about again cell phones and uh, and and tablets, then I don't. I'm not excited about it at all because I I think that's it's. Who cares? I took apart my dryer and repaired it, you know, a month ago and it wasn't easy and it didn't come with a manual, but it was far from impossible. And, uh, I know that's probably not the average, you know, washing machine dryer owner repair sort of worthy, but it's dryers are not, not easy, dude. They're not fun. They're a pain in the butt at least. And then getting, but I got it done. That's another what? piece to this whole. Well, that's yeah. another piece to this thing. If you're gonna, if you're gonna say that uh, the right to repair, you you've also got to make parts. Yeah, exactly. You've got to make parts easy to access and not cost you know five times the price of a new one. Yeah. Well, and it's funny too because I was just about to say you know washing washing machine dishwasher those are big purchases right, and 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 so it makes more sense to make sure that they fall under an umbrella like that, but. I don't think I paid as much for my washing machine as I did for phones over the last five years. So yeah. take it back. <laughs> well, and you've got to think too, man, some, some people will not ever have an interest in repairing. This is going to be, this is going to be a law for the right to have the ability to do it. Well, sure. But it also creates a secondary great. market, which is going to prevent waste because yes, if, no, I, if, I agree. No, yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying you also have to realize that there are going to be people out there oh, that for say, sure. you know, my dryer door starts squeaking. I'm going to buy a new dryer. Sure. You know? But the so what? What I really like about this, to that point, is that and they're you, called millennials. You may not want to take your phone <laughs> apart to to replace the battery. You like my if joke? If it no, I didn't. I'm just kidding. Sorry. It's millennials. Yes. It was hilarious. That's not funny. I was just trying to find another group to pick on. We've got, we've got newspaper readers. We've got Jinko jeans wears and we've got Apple users and and millennials and Apple users. Yeah. Um, no. Oh, and the alt tech. Oh, and alt tech. We're we're hitting hard today. Um, no, what I was going to say is even for the people that don't want to repair their devices, uh, as an example, and, and I think this applies a lot more to your smartphone than it does to your dryer because it's so easy to replace a smartphone, you know, go online, click, click, new ones in, in the mail in a day. Um, how's that for a millennial reference as opposed mm-hmm. to walking down the street and just buying it in a store? Uh, is that your, your devices will be more valuable because they're repairable. So when the screen breaks, the fact that it doesn't take an hour to replace it means you could walk into a store or you could go and you could sell it on a secondary market and they only have to account for 10 minutes of repair time and a readily available screen replacement. 
And and that means that they're going to pay you more than they would for a phone that's broken today, which is great. Um, so I'm going to highlight the biggest issue I think that exists with these kinds of laws, which is they mean nothing if they don't have teeth. So right. you can put all of this in place and you can roll it out even over a reasonable period of time. But if you do not punish the organizations that ignore them with significant financial punishments, then it will just become a cost of doing business and they will take their fines and move along. Yeah. It's extremely profitable for the Samsungs and Huawei's and Apple's of the world to get you to replace your flagship yeah. device for $2,000 every two to three years. They're not going to care about these regulations if it changes that buy cycle and doesn't have significant fines. And also, doesn't this just become so from a government mandate perspective, does it become more profitable for them to put the fine in just the right level where they feel like Samsung will just pay the fine? Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? so, I'm not yeah, trying yeah, to that's be a really like, good point. Yeah, but it's it a becomes super a new skeptical. Yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it is way skeptical. It's way, you know. But but I think to be seen, right? I, and and again, I forget that article, but it was talking about an automobile manufacturer that straight up just ignored the right to repair, um, you know, regulation that was put in place. I feel like it was in Germany, and it was probably a German automobile manufacturer, so probably VW or, uh, um, uh, what's the? Oh my gosh, they're out of Munich. Anyways, uh, I can't. It's well, not BMW, Porsche, Porsche's uh, Stuttgart. No, BM, BMW. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, in anyways, um, I could be totally wrong on that. Anyways, they, they basically just said, we're, we're not going to, we're not going to follow this Stuttgart. Yeah. No, Stuttgart. Yeah. yeah. I said, Stuttgart. Um, that's not, that's not nailing it. That's Texas. <laughs> anyways, it, it was, it was less expensive for them to just ignore the regulation, uh, and pay the fine than it was to follow it. Um, and some of that is probably legitimate. You know, the design changes that go into some of that stuff aren't, aren't trivial, and uh, usually stuff like this has a break-in timeline that says it's the new things you develop need to be respectful of these guidelines. And, and yeah. they'll, they'll go and they'll lobby against uh, having to fix the phone they're going to release next year. But the one that gets released two years from then, you know, it falls under this umbrella. And I'm sure they'll lobby against that as well. But hopefully it becomes a, a diminishing return on the fight to design around the regulation, right? Anyways, like I said, it, I think it all depends on teeth. I think it's great. I think I think I would like to see that stuff more broadly um, brought to bear in in the global context. You know, China's got to follow suit. Australia, the United States, uh, other places where we produce millions and millions of wasteful devices just because it's throwaway culture, right? Um, but it's a step in the right direction to be seen if it's effective or not. Yeah. Cool. Good stuff. It'll be nice to see how that advances. Do we have anything else yeah. major? I don't, I don't think so. But I mean, there's always interesting things going on. GameStop, GameStop still blows my mind, man. Yeah. Absolutely insane. Rocket. Rocket. Well, so short squeeze. Yeah, uh, man. I, so again, as somebody who's followed wall street bets for a very long time, uh, I think the, this concept of a short squeeze is definitely getting retail investor attention. I don't think 99% of the people that jump into some of these stocks have any 
freaking clue what's going on there, right? They don't know the impact, the the percentage of float that's uncovered, stuff like that. It, it that doesn't mean that little gamma squeezes don't happen, uh, where the you know basically call owners that are especially cash covered positions and stuff like that aren't put in a position that they didn't expect uh, on average to have to cover with shares and a a low volume of shares being available on the market does drive the price up like that that is real and it happens quite often as i understand it but every ticker that gets thrown out on wall street bets right now whether it's from the millions of bots that have shown up in the last 6 weeks or from traditional users references short squeezes and gamma squeezes like it's going out of style and and it's i mean it's getting old right so rocket was interesting because the due diligence that's what they refer to posts that actually get into why they think an asset is valuable right um they call it dd due diligence um rocket it was arguably undervalued for good reasons right they 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 have a cash buyback kitty that is substantial they were undervalued compared to other players in the market um there there this is one of the cool parts about wall street bets is that if you go and you and you follow some of the new stuff you can find real gems on people doing analysis and just sharing it which is awesome. And it, yeah. it's what made Wall Street bets awesome to begin with. That's the good part but that then, they never talk about on, you know, Squawk course. on the Street or whatever. Yeah. No, no, no. It's 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 easy to vilify Wall Street bets because very they, as easy we've talked about they're goofballs. They are um, very goofy and they have a language that may not make sense right out of the gate. Which which appears to be changing actually, because some oh, okay. of the stuff that's that's more uh I would say offensive and yeah. my mom will attest to this because she's always been very bristly when it comes to using the term retard, which is not socially acceptable any longer and hasn't right. been for decades at this point. Yeah. And also autists, both yes. of terms that they use to reference certain things in Wall Street bets. Um those are are they poor, moving away from that? They are. So I Good. started to notice that they're, they're using um, Reddit uses a ton of auto moderation technology, right? Mm-hmm. So you'll see bots that are that are designed to help moderators control content. Um, actually, really, probably fascinating under the cover how they do this. But some stuff is really simple, like keywords, and they can delete yeah. posts just because somebody writes, types out the word retard or yeah. autist, and, and they, they delete it. And then the auto mod actually puts a post and says, hey, this was removed for this reason. You know, don't do that stuff. And I've, I've seen some of those. So I don't know if it's going to persist. I don't know if that will become uh, more less socially acceptable even in Wall Street bets. But um, it's the history there is actually really interesting. Um, if, if listeners will forgive me using the not socially acceptable terms for the sake of writing about it, retard is actually an anagram of traitor. And that's part of where that started. And then when when Wall Street bets decided to pick up autists as a retard who wins, which is goofy and kind of terrible on the surface, absolutely. Um, th- there was a huge movement at the beginning of that where traders on Wall Street bets that made lots of money and self-identified as autists at that point, right? Again, a trader that wasn't posting losses because that's Wall Street bets. You get karma for losses, you get karma karma for winning. They would take a portion of their winnings and donate it to an autism society. Uh, Most commonly, I think um, some of the larger US autism societies. So it, it was this weird kind of 
awful on the surface, but good in the background way of doing it. But I think, I think it's veering away from that. It's just an interesting history. Yeah. Um, but Rocket, back to that real fast. The DD was really good. The, the valuation arguably should be higher than what it was. And then it also got all of the meme stock craziness going for it. So it probably went up substantially higher than it should have based on any kind of fundamentals. But as we've talked about about 100 times at this point, I don't think our market operates on fundamentals right now at all. Yeah, <laughs> I think, far, far I think from it. anything kind of is, weird. is entirely possible. So the yeah. fact that it has the attention, I read a really cool post, and this is fun, and it'll be the last thing I say about uh, to you know Reddit, Wall Street bets, and and meme stocks. Maybe just on that, this call, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, today. <laughs> um, so so I saw somebody make the claim, and I, I I have no way of validating this because I'm not a financial analyst, but basically. There, there have been a lot of questions about why the charts for AMC, Nokia, BlackBerry, GameStop, now Rocket, are following the same patterns. So roughly at the same time of any trading day, they go down, and the same time of any trading day, they go up, and they go up and down by similar proportions. Not They, they do break away. You know, Rocket took off yesterday, which is funny because of its name. But, uh, but if you look at the charts, if you overlay them and you... you scale them to each other as far as dollar value goes, they move in very, very similar fashions. And someone pointed out that industry stocks tend to do the same thing. So if you took you know, ExxonMobil and BP and uh, you know, um, some of the other oil and gas providers, uh, MRO and stuff like that, if you look at their charts, shy of a special announcement relative to their specific asset company business performance, et cetera, they tend to move in very similar fashions. And the argument that was made is that meme stocks are actually a category now. So while they're what? disparate in their while they're disparate in the in the technology or the sector that they're in, they are actually moving in the same way because they're being bucketized algorithmically as well as retail is following them kind of in the same fashion. So basically, meme stocks are a category and they get traded in bulk as a categorical trade, just like the energy sector and raw materials and fashion, right? It, it was crazy. It's a really cool claim. That is wild. Yeah, it was really interesting. <sighs> What's real anymore? I don't. Who knows? I can't like. Uh, it's crazy, man. Okay. Uh, one other thing I want to make sure we talk about, and we should probably shut it down. Um, but thank you for the education on all that kind of stuff. I actually didn't know um, most of what you were sharing there. There, there is a uh, there's a new Microsoft um, thing, Microsoft Mesh, which they are saying is the future of virtual meetings. It's the future of uh, Microsoft Doesn't Teams. Microsoft meetings. say that all the time. They do. Well, they then they, they they use the same tagline for Skype and yeah. Messenger oh, and Teams. And where's yeah. John Nicholson? Because he has visceral reactions to all of this. <laughs> yeah. Well, the concept here, I'm not saying whether or not it's it's going to happen. I'm just saying what they're saying, right? Um, oh, I know. The, I just the concept is you, there. yeah, you don a HoloLens, right? You've got this mixed reality. Yeah, you do. Experience here where you can see in a virtual space an augmented and have an augmented reality kind of a view and you see some of your own physical space. Uh, but the concept here is Mesh will eventually support what Microsoft is calling holoportation, where you allow people to appear as themselves in a virtual space. 
not gonna lie they're kind of killing it on some of the naming yeah hollow portation hollow lens is cool to begin with hollow portation like sign me up i want i need some of that in my life yeah yeah that's pretty cool man um that's neat no i i'm excited uh as always to see how that whole industry is developing and it makes me want to get daniel back on the show and have him talk to us about what he knows about hollow portation and those sorts of things and, and trending wise right i think regular updates in the MRXR, all augmented reality space, all that stuff is is so cool. So and it's and it's also really fun, obviously, to have big players like Microsoft in the mix because even right. if they get it wrong, it will just move the ball forward. That's that's and exactly I, right. I, I have no I hope they get it right. And I would say the same thing of, of Apple in a case like this too, which they're significantly entering that space as well, are they not? I don't know that they've made major announcements. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how any of the major tech companies, especially the ones that are, you know, have hardware and are related to hardware, aren't getting into that. The, yeah. It's emerging. It would be a probably pretty bad bet not to at least try. Yeah. And then obviously it'll it'll rationalize people will fall out stuff like that. Well, apparently, I think MS Ignite is this week, and the the uh, bet is that they'll be demonstrating it this week. Cool. So it's Wednesday though, so I don't know if that's tomorrow uh, they- or today. It may be today, tomorrow, or Friday that they're demonstrating this. So I'll, I'll try to keep an eye out on it. But they go on to say in the, in the article here, just real quick on this, you can completely yeah, yeah. imagine a mesh-enabled Microsoft Teams, which they should just get away from my, trying to pull that forward because it, it makes people immediately just think of the, the Hollywood Squares kind of a deal. Uh, but where the key thing there is, think about colleagues from across the globe collaborating as if you and I are in the same physical location. Mesh enables Teams to allow organizations to essentially do mixed reality gatherings with everyone in the same room. So you're, you put, you down this headset where you are in your room, like you can kind of move around, but you also see everyone else in the room as well. And you can interact with each other. Yeah, no, it's, it's awesome. And I feel like, as well. I feel like there are demonstrations that are out, you know, you go pull it up on YouTube or whatever your video source is. And, um, you can see sort of the, the visionary approach that Microsoft had to using the HoloLens in general. It, it was reminiscent of you know, all the futurology that showed up in your sci-fi tech TV series 10, 15 years ago where, where you're using, I mean, think Star Wars. Every time they, they call, um, you know, interplanetary calls, you get this uh, um, holographic image in three dimensions of the person that you're speaking to, right? Yeah. Um, that, that, that is what I envision this HoloLens and sort of ecosystem working like, which I think is really cool. So good on them for trying to make stuff like that. It's going to be fun. Come to be. And, and one of the thing, I know this show is kind of going, going a little bit long here, but I was watching Squawk on the Street uh, yesterday morning and they, they were talking about, they, they were talking about airline stocks and, and well, no, they weren't talking about airline stocks. They were talking about, um, I guess, technology stocks where um, you have a traditionally large sales force and the T&E that's attached to that. And it's they said it's almost going to be like a, a bit of a standoff in that, sure, no one wants to pay the T&E of jumping on, a, on an airplane and, and paying for hotels and food and all this kind of stuff. But where's the tipping point where like one company says, we're willing to do that. And now all their salespeople are showing up in person. Okay, imagine, you know, all post-COVID, right? When we move move into yeah, the future. No. And, and uh, COVID's over in Texas, out. so this should happen soon. <laughs> no masks. It's great. Uh, people are posting on Facebook, mask burning party. Anyway, whatever. Don't, don't give me a start on that. But 
I forgot. Now I forgot where I was. Oh yeah. 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 So how do you tie everything that's happening there where you have a company that wants to go and sit uh, and go meet with their customers in person because it does have, it does have a different effect building teams, all that kind of stuff. Now at the same time, if you don't, if you're only virtual now, as several people have said, I can go visit a customer in Germany and then the next hour, go visit a company in Japan, you know, but take all that to what we're talking about here with the holoportation. Is there some aspect of that and mixing that into, I don't know. You know what I mean? I, no, I, I think it's a good call. And I imagine that is part of the reason that they're investing as much as they are into it because they want to bridge that gap because you probably appreciate this. I know I do in the role that I'm in. I miss the direct personal interaction, the oh, non-zoomification yeah. of the role that I have. And, and I mean, it's quite literally mentally taxing. It is yeah. depressing to have to do my job the way that we have to do it now. Yeah. And, when it's and I'm not saying it's not get... valuable in some ways, right? Yeah. To your point, you can you can have these conversations. But I think the mix was really good because I, I've always done remote work yeah. and I've always done presentations and had conversations over Zoom as well. The mix is great. It's also healthy for your brain to have time in between. Like when you go drive to one customer and then you leave and you decompress yeah. and you think about it and you drive to another customer and you start yep. thinking about this and you pull up your notes and all that kind of stuff. Oh. Very different experience. And then going and sitting and waiting in the lobby and then having someone greet you as you as yep. you are greeting them as they walk out, et cetera, right? And then having well, some and small it's the, talk the, the water the pool conversations. Yeah, that yeah. I think is probably the all biggest thing. All of that is gone. Is, and now you're moving from meat of the sandwich rather than yep. all the bread and lettuce and cheese and all that kind of stuff that happens. Now you're just meat of the sandwich to meat of the sandwich and your context which, which switching think, and there's no warm up and there's no nope. deceleration and there's no and, <laughs> processing. And I don't, I don't think we figured out how to address that yet. So yeah. I, I think any company that thinks that their T&E budget utilization is going to look the same in a year and that's going to be good for them is probably mistaken. Um, and I feel like most large tech companies with large sales forces aren't in that bucket, but I, I guess I haven't paid that close attention to yeah. you know quarterly filings and stuff. I know for a fact that VMware, um, you know, Pre uh, Gelsinger's leaving, and I'm not sure if they said it in the last quarterly report because I actually didn't get the chance to listen. But um, that they made the comment, you know, Zane Rowe, acting CEO, previously CFO, he he very clearly highlighted that part of the reason was just two quarters ago, right? Q3, Q4 last year looked as good as it did is that our T&E budget is incredibly low. Like the cost yeah. of sales is down substantially. Yeah, tremendous. And that's going to be a boon. But he said, we don't expect that to stay the same. Like yeah. as things open up, expect the cost of sales to go up and that's going to eat into some of these. Obviously, it's good this year. You can't take back yeah. the, the profit so to that the margin point, that yeah. was captured. But, but he's, he's, he's acknowledging that budgets will change and cost of sales will go up. And we'll I think any company, any company that isn't seriously paying attention to the mental health of their employees and recognizing that we have not solved this problem yet, right, is going to be hugely disappointed when it, it turns out that at the end of the risk of pandemic spread, you know, viral load moving from person to person, if they don't go back to something at least a little bit like what it used to. And I'm not saying it should go 100%, sure. always hop on a plane to have a conversation. It yeah. should be a mix, in my opinion. And we probably can drive the cost of sales down, which is arguably not a bad thing. But they're going to find that burnout is going to go through the roof 
or people are just going to jump ship to the places that that decided it wasn't worth it, right? Because what do you mean there on are that? not for. I, I think in this I think mode or going. Yeah, no, okay. no, staying in this mode. I, I think I like some of what some of what is, and maybe it's not preventing burnout, but it's preventing employees from leaving. Is that there's a ton of uncertainty around taking on a new job that is also 100% remote. As an example, and I had a great conversation with my boss about this, right? Um, if you are not thrilled with your job right now, are you sure it's not because of how you have to do it versus the job itself? Yeah. And I think Fantastic it's going question. to be really difficult. Say that again, because that is... I th- yeah. I've if you're not happy like- right now, yeah. can you be absolutely sure that what's making you unhappy isn't the circumstance and not the role. Because if you can't, you may find that a new job that has to operate the exact same way because this is a global pandemic and has real problems associated with ignoring it outside of Texas. um, I don't know if my listeners have caught that yet. (laughs) Then you may may be making a huge mistake, but but I think that's going to cut both ways. If, If companies don't make adjustments to get back to an old and normal a little bit, at least a little bit, right? Like make an attempt to find the middle ground, then you're going to lose employees to it because they are going to say, you know what? It was the circumstance, but the circumstance is being forced on me now Yeah. when, when society isn't necessarily the reason that it's being forced on me. And so I have another option. I'm out, right? Because I think a lot of people are unhappy doing their job the way they're doing it now. Not everybody. And, and if you've got the right role and you as a corporation are looking at this and you're saying, wow, these people are more productive and more happy than they were doing it the way it used to be. Good. Great. Awesome. Like check all the boxes, figure yeah. out how to keep that ball rolling. But if you've got people that are burning out and you've got people that are mentally unhappy right now, be really careful about getting excited about your, your cost of sales as sure. an example. Yeah. Yeah. And there are so. a ton of pros and cons on both sides of this. It's wild. It's absolutely wild. And and it'll be uh, neat to see, you know, who who sinks and who swims on the other side of it too. Mm-hmm. Slash and who uses it'd be uh, nice to see the other side of it, freaking A. Yes. Soon, yeah. Hope. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out how I give hugs to people that I've never hugged that maybe don't want hugs or just control well, my own self that wants to hug somebody that I haven't seen in like two years. I saw <laughs> you <know>? a great <laughs> a great web comic where somebody got the vaccine and they were like, I'm invincible. I can lick the floor and I can, <laughs> yeah. I can hug, you know, squirrels and stuff. And in the background, you've got the nurse and they're like, no, that's not, it doesn't help with the, please stop. Just yeah. stop. Please yeah. stop. <laughs> that's, that's what oh, you should man. do. You should enhance your hugs to include eyeball licking. <laughs> eyeball licking all right we're, we're off the rails <laughs> wait okay so before down. we end it i know this is th- no this has been really long but i actually want you uh and not to put you on the spot but finish your your commentary about zoom fatigue you brought up two things the last time we talked oh. and i think it's perfect to to come right off the end of that but one was make your videos smaller so that that people aren't causing yeah. like a fight response just yeah. by being in your face the it's second one excessive. was hide yeah. yourself so that there isn't a mirror in front of your face all the time showing you, which apparently yeah. stresses us humans out. What's the rest? Yeah. So the uh, the third one was video chats dramatically reduce uh, our usual mobility. So pay attention to that, right? You're moving significantly less, which affects your cognitive ability because you're stapled oh, yeah. to your chair and having to stare into a screen. Uh, so please 
um, take some move time around. to move around. Yeah. Turn I, off your- I need that reminder all the time. I got a stand up desk and I forget to use it like two out of three days. Yeah. It's not good. Yeah. Turn off your right, video if it makes you feel better. Um, or right click and hide self view and pace around the room. And if you're pacing in and out of the frame, then people should just be okay with that because you're thinking better yeah. and, and it's, it's healthier for you. I feel like I do more pacing on our podcast than I do on my business calls. And, and that's a mistake. I, I would also recommend taking that one step forward, something that I'm bad at and should get better at, which is join zoom calls on your phone and go outside. Mm. Yeah. Like walk around in the sun, get a little vitamin D Get, get, yep. I mean, careful, right? Cause you're all going to get sunburns if you're as pasty as I am right now, <laughs> but, uh, but get outside, breathe some, uh, fresh air, at least as fresh as your it's surroundings a little, allow. It's a little right? difficult in our area of the country where it's particularly windy all the time. So, yeah. I've tried problem. it a couple of times and, and if I have to talk, then you have a mic issue and it's, so I did it like twice, I think, but it just became a problem. Just stop talking. So. Yeah. Do it on the ones where you are going to be listening 99% of the time. Yeah, sure. exactly. I need to, I need to control my mouth is what it is. The fourth <laughs> one is the cognitive load is much higher in video chats. The concept of having to judge where you are in a frame and thinking about your body language portraying across video and all this kind of stuff. That's, that's additional stuff on top of thinking about what it is that you're presenting, trying to read the room, which is different in a, in a virtual oh, setting God, than actually so being hard. in a room. You know what I mean? That's the number one thing I missed from in Well, number two thing. First one is it was so much easier, at least for me, to build relationships with people that I was in a room with, even if it was the first time I'd met them, than it is to do the same thing over Zoom. Yeah. But reading the room, like when I'm on a whiteboard in front of a group of people, I get some cues that are very valuable. Yes. On video, it's like kill me. Yeah. It's hard. I, just, I don't it's, I don't want to do this. <laughs> it's really hard. Yeah. You can't tell if someone's looking at the like looking at you on the video yeah. or if they're checking their email on, right. on the screen. And and you right? can't hold it against or, them for turning their video off either, which may have been turning their brain off entirely. Yeah. And you just you don't know. Yeah. And so interestingly, the suggestion for this one too is also to uh, again take an audio only break, right? So shut off the video so you're not having to focus on where you are in the screen, which is what I tend to do and this is a, it's a weird thing for me because whenever I'm wanting to portray a bunch of information and share a lot of, uh, like documents, you know, maybe a long form presentation, it's better for me, or it has been previously for me to just shut off my video. Cause I'm not thinking about it. But what I realized the other day too, is I could just hide myself view, which I didn't realize yeah. you can just write. Yeah, no, that yourself. was cool. I wish was that was a default setting though. Why can't we just make that happen? Yeah. I noticed the mind came back. I don't want to yeah. have to do it every meeting. Yeah. You have to do it every time now. So uh, come on. Zoom. Anyway, where are you at? All right. Well, that was that. awesome information. I'm glad we got to wrap that up. Hopefully uh, people had the fortitude to make it through this epically long podcast that we did today. Uh, we hope it was interesting, but that brings another tech breakfast podcast to a close. We hope you liked it as much as we did. We had a blast. We covered a lot of stuff. Russ is back. That's awesome. Yes! That's exciting. He's yes! joining us on Friday. We have the team together again. Go out there, avoid your Zoom fatigue, have fun, bet on the meme economy, because apparently that's a thing. <laughs> not um, financial and advice. Yeah, that's, this, is, this is true. Don't try this at home. Definitely not. Don't try this at home. And uh, yeah, thanks for uh, subscribing, listening, sharing our podcast. Um, we love you guys. Peace. Booyah.